Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute, uh, and I'm sure you can tell by the name change of the podcast uh, that I did just get married, in case you did not know that. Got married on February 11th. It was amazing. And I'm hoping to bring my husband, uh, Justin, on the podcast very soon. So stay tuned. He has a very powerful testimony. uh, So maybe he'll share that. I don't know. We'll see. But stay tuned for that. Also, reminder that the podcast is now on YouTube. So if you are listening to this on Apple or on Spotify, uh, I want to let you know for all my people that prefer YouTube that it is on YouTube. So I encourage you to go subscribe. We are hoping to turn the YouTube podcast into a video podcast soon. Uh, so that is coming. It's in the works. Uh, and then obviously the audio podcast will still be on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, all those podcast apps. Um, so yeah, so today I want to talk about healing. Again, I talked about that on my last podcast, but but before I get into that, I feel like I just have to say, uh, you know, with what's going on in the country right now with, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have most likely heard about the Asbury revival and it, man, it just excites me so much. It's just so awesome to see what God is doing. And you know, what, what do you do when you see God moving like that? I don't know about you, but it makes me want to follow my face and press in, press into the Lord and really pray and this is for all of us. We should all pray that we don't miss what God is doing because of pride, because of whatever, you know, especially if you've been in church for a long time, it's easy to grow cold, to grow jaded to the things of God and just want to be critical about everything. But I I don't know. I mean, for me, dude, seeing what God is doing, it makes me so excited. It makes me want to pray, Lord, don't let me miss what you're doing in this hour. Don't let me miss what you're doing in my generation. Lord, I want to be right smack in the middle of the move of God and really praying that the Lord would give you humility and a greater hunger and a greater thirst so that you can, you can receive what God is doing. And I believe that really this is just the first drop of what is coming. And you know what I love about it too, is it's really, it's not even like there's like one person. It's not about a person. It's not about a denomination. And really that's the end time move of God. That's exactly how it's going to be. It's God is going to get all the glory for what is about to take place. It's not going to be about a certain church, a certain minister, a certain denomination. It's going to be, it's going to be the hand of God and he's going to get all the glory. I mean, of course, God is going to use ministers. I believe he's raising up ministers. He's raising up new churches that carry the fire of God. They're going to, that are going to play a major part in what God is going to do. But I, I must say, I believe that it's going to be bigger than any one person, bigger than any one movement. And, you know, I talk about that a little bit in my, in my book, if you read it, but speaking, speaking of my book, I'm saying this publicly so that I have to do it. Uh, I am working on coming out with a second edition of my book uh, with some changes uh, and obviously my new name and et cetera, et cetera. So if you've been eyeing up buying the book, uh, you could either buy it now or you could wait for the second edition. It'll be on pre-order first and then it will be released for uh, regular order. So that's just an FYI uh, in case you don't know what it's called. It's called A Glorious Bride. It is on Amazon. Uh, it's on Apple Books, but uh, stay tuned for second edition coming soon. Um, 
So, okay, let's get into what I wanted to talk about for today. So my last podcast, I talked about healing. I, you know, really barely just scratched the surface. And I've been wanting to do a series on healing for a while now. So Lord willing, uh, we're going to start a series here on healing. Uh, Why? Because the more I talk to people and the more you just uh, encounter, you know, you understand that people are hurting and people need help. And so that's why I want to talk about this, because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in a cycle of just you know, you that you can't get out of, whether you are experiencing sickness and, and disease in your physical body, or, you know, this healing topic doesn't even just pertain to physically. It could be, it could be emotional, um, pain that you need healing from that. You need to get healed from some kind of traumatic event that happened in your life, or it could be mental. It could be anxiety, depression, suicide, some kind of mental disorder that, that has been plaguing you. I want you to know that it is not the will of God. If you are a born again, believer, it is not the will of God for you to suffer with that for one more day. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. Jesus died so that you could be free today. And so, you know, I see there's, you know, especially if you've been in church for a while, there's definitely this, uh, it's sad. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's sad to see people that have been in church for a while who continuously, um, battle the same things over and over. And I think it really goes back to your mentality. It's, it's all going to go back to your mentality, really, because like I always say, Jesus has already done the work. The work is finished. So it really goes back to our ability to lay hold of what Christ has already done. And I think a lot of people are looking, like I talked about prayer on the last one, which prayer for healing is very powerful. So I don't want you to think in any way that I am downplaying prayer for healing. I'm not. But I am going to tell you that if you are a seasoned Christian that has been in church for 10 years and you you know, just keep getting prayer for the same thing over and over and over, and you're not seeing results. It's not a prayer problem. It's a lack of knowledge problem. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know is what will set you free. So, and I want you to understand this. I'm actually reading a book by E.W. Kenyon right now that talks about this very thing. He talks about the difference between a carnal Christian versus a mature spiritual Christian. And so really right when you get born again, chances are you're going to be carnal. Why? Because your whole, your spirit is born again, but your mind has not been renewed yet. So when you are first born again, you are carnal. What does carnal mean? People hear that word and you might just think, oh, that means I live in sin. No, that's not what it means. It actually has nothing to do with that. Sin could be a part of it. But what it means if you're carnal, it means that you are dominated by your flesh or your senses. The five senses are sight, hear, taste, smell, feel. So you are dominated by what you see, what you feel, uh, what's going on in the natural. And that is what dominates and dictates your life. How do you, you feel bad one day? So that's just, that's going to dictate your whole whatever mentality that day or you see something on the news you're automatically in fear you hear a bad report from the doctor you're automatically just that's what you believe so that that's what it means to be a carnal christian you may not even be in air quote blatant sin but if you are carnal it's because you have not renewed your mind to the point where your spirit your spirit has gained the ascendancy over your senses so 
a spiritual mature Christian gets to the point where no matter what it looks like, no matter how I feel, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the news says, I believe the word of God. I believe that what God says about this situation is more real than what I'm experiencing in the natural. You're more in touch with the spiritual realm than the natural realm. So, so that's what it means. So, and why am I bringing this up? Because, you know, when it comes to healing, many people just want to always resort to the, oh, I need someone to lay hands on me. Okay. Which is fine. And if you are a carnal Christian, then that is the way that you will likely receive your healing. Um, and that's why, you know, an EW Kenya was actually talking about this, which I thought was super interesting. So in James five, I don't remember if I talked about this in the last one, James five, but it's, it says, you know, if, if, if there is anyone sick among you, among you, you should call for the elders of the church. You should have them pray the prayer of faith, anoint him with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And so really James is giving a prescription for a person that is past the point of helping himself. Obviously, you know, if you're, if you're a mature spiritual Christian and you're able to just lay hold of your own healing, you wouldn't necessarily need to call for the elders of the church. But you know, what James prescribes is something that, okay, the carnal Christian, they can hear the prayer of faith. They can feel the anointing oil, you know, so, so it's, it's going to prescribe to their senses because why God is so merciful. If you are not to a point in your Christian walk where you are able to lay hold of your own healing, God is so merciful. God doesn't want you to suffer because you are, you know, are, are not, you know, you don't have enough knowledge or whatever. So I want to encourage you with that. If you are sick and you are not able to receive your healing by yourself at your house, I'm going to encourage you. You need to call for the elders of the church, have them anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and you will be healed. Not might be healed. You will be healed. Okay. So God is so merciful. So this has nothing to do with, you know, I want to say that up front, but really on this podcast and on this series, I want to, I want to teach you how to grow up in your Christianity and become spiritual so that whenever you are faced with any kind of attack, whether it's on your mind, on your body, your emotions, whatever, that you are able to rise up in your identity in Christ and exercise your authority and take back what belongs to you, which is healing and wholeness. And you can get to a point where you walk and live in perpetual divine health, that you don't have to suffer uh, sickness and disease. You don't have to suffer from pain. So all these things. So there is a way that you grow in, in your, in your spiritual walk. And that's why this is important because even if you do have hands laid on you and say that you are healed or you are set free from whatever bondage for a season, chances are the enemy is going to come back and try to put that on you again. So you, either way, you need the knowledge to be able to stay free. You know, you can receive, um, your, your freedom by prayer or whatever, but ultimately whether you're sick right now or not, you need this knowledge in order to stay free because, you know, your pastor is not going to be there in the middle of the night when you wake up and you're dealing with whatever, right? So when you are equipped with the word of God, when you are equipped and you know who you are in Christ, you know the authority that you have in Christ. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what tries to come on your body. There's going to be something on the inside of you that rises up and says, no, 
I am more than a conqueror. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And you're going to rise up and that word is going to begin to rise up on the inside of you. And you're going to begin to resist whatever tries to come on you that is not your portion in Christ. And so I want to just explain that up front, that that's what I'm gearing this to. I'm gearing this to the person that wants to grow up in their faith, that wants to get to a point where you are walking in everything that Christ has purchased for you. And it's not just pray for me, pray for me, but you get to a point where you're not in need of prayer, but you are the one praying for people and seeing people healed, seeing people delivered, seeing people set free from whatever has been plaguing them. So that's where we want to get. Amen. We don't want to be carnal Christians that are governed by our senses. We want to be spiritual Christians, right? And so let me just throw this in before I get into the first part. It, you know, uh, maybe you are dealing with carnality and you're, you feel like, you know what? Yeah, I'm like that. I, I really fall into that. Whatever I feel, whatever I see, that tends to be what ends up coming out of my mouth and what I believe. A great cure for being carnal is fasting. And this is just a side note. Maybe I'll do, I probably will do a podcast on this in its entirety, but fasting is extremely powerful for breaking that carnality. Because if you think about fasting, and I have a couple podcasts on fasting that you can listen to, but fasting, you know, your body tells you eat. Your body is telling you I'm hungry, eat. This is how I feel, eat. I see food on the table. That's what I see. Therefore, I want it. Therefore, I should eat it. You know, so all of these, these things, it's your body telling your mind what to do. But when you're fasting, it's your spirit taking dominion. Your body is telling you to eat, but your spirit is saying, no, body, you are not in charge. I'm fasting. I'm going to go pray. So it's your spirit exercising that dominion over what your flesh wants, over what your flesh sees. Maybe you're smelling, you're smelling someone just cooked a, a nice pizza and you smell that pizza and your body's saying, oh yeah, I want to I wanna eat that. But no, when you're fasting, your spirit is going to rise up and say, no, no, we're not eating body. You're not in control. I'm not going to be dictated by my senses. I'm not going to be dictated by my body. My spirit is in dominion over my body. So that, so fasting is so powerful to break that, that, that carnal dominion, the, the dominion of your body. And it really, what it's going to do is allow your spirit to become stronger. And you're going to get used to that feeling of your spirit overriding your senses, your spirit overriding the flesh. So that's just a, a tidbit. So fasting, we'll maybe talk about that more. And that's one of, that's why I titled this podcast, God's prescription, because that fasting could be one of God's prescriptions. But the first one I want to get into is actually the power of communion. And so this is something I've been wanting to do a podcast on for a long time, because I really have so much to say on it. Um, and I'm finally getting around to it. And if you uh, listen to, I have two podcasts that I want you to listen to maybe before this one. Um, one is called the new and living way. And one is called the way of escape. And so I'm going to recap on some of that, but, um, I want to talk to you about this, this communion. This is one of God's prescriptions for you. Again, like I said, healing in your body, healing in your mind, healing in your emotions, any of those things, even freedom from maybe a, an addiction or a sin that you're dealing with. Communion is so powerful. And I want to ask you, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a believer that you believe Jesus, 
uh, died and rose again for you, all these things. If you truly believe that, I want to ask you, do you have more faith in the doctor's prescription for you or do you have more faith in God's prescription for you? Because some people, they have no problem, you know, the doctor prescribes you a pill. They have no problem trusting the doctor that this pill is going to solve my problem. They take it morning, noon, and night. Even if they don't see results up first, the doctor may tell them, you know, you got to wait two or three weeks before you start seeing results, you know, blah, blah. But they have so much faith in that doctor that they take them pills morning, noon, and night, right? So I want to ask you, do you have more faith in the doctor than you have in Jesus, the Lord and Savior of your life? right? Because God gives us a prescription. God gives us things that we can do. And that's why I wanted to make this practical, because if you are dealing with something, I want to give you something practical that you can do to exercise your faith, to see that healing begin to take place in your life. So, So taking communion is something practical. It's a place to release your faith. But why I want to talk about it is because communion is not just something that you do uh, like, okay, like a religious work, right? So without understanding, whatever you do is just dead works. You can do communion in just a very religious way or whatever. But the more understanding that you have, understanding is what is what gives power to whatever you're doing. That's why Paul constantly prayed. I was reading Colossians this morning. Paul prayed, you know, he prayed in Ephesians and Colossians that, that you would have spiritual understanding, why? Because he knew if you can, if you can gain spiritual understanding, that's it. That's really, that's all you need. Whatever problem you're having is not really a problem. All it is is, a, is an ignorance problem. It's a lack of revelation problem. So if you can get spiritual revelation, if you can get spiritual understanding on something, it's, it's going to give power to whatever you're doing. And I've talked about this many times, so I'm not going to get back into that. So communion, that's why we want to talk about this, because the more you understand the power of communion, the more power it's going to have whenever you, you take the communion. And so the first thing I want to say on this topic, and I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this today. I'll probably... Um, end up actually going into more detail about the bread and the blood on the next one. But I want to introduce it by talking about 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. I'm not going to read all this, but in 1 Corinthians 10, if you read, it talks about, um, it talks about the way of escape. When you are faced with a temptation or when you're faced with a trial or a difficulty, Paul talks about something called the way of escape. God, it says that God will always provide you with the way of escape. It doesn't say a way of escape. If you look in the Greek, it actually says the way of escape, talking about one way. There is the way. And so if you read in... um. So that's 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 11 is all about communion. Interestingly enough, it's all about the body and the blood and taking communion. So there's obviously a correlation there, first of all. Second of all, so when he talks about the way of escape, it talks about in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 6. Let me see if I could turn there. Nope, just kidding. It's Hebrews 10. It's Hebrews 10, 20. It talks about the new and living way. So Paul comes up with this whole idea again, that there is a way, there's a new and living way. Uh, and it, and it says this fresh and new and living way, which he initiated 
and opened for us through the separating of the veil, that is, through his flesh. So Paul says the way, the new and living way that God wants you to enter into your freedom by is through the veil, which is his flesh. I'm going to let that sink in. Through the veil, which is his flesh. So his flesh, obviously, that correlates to communion, the, the, the body, the bread. So in the tearing of the bread, in the tearing of the flesh of Christ is the entering in to this new and living way. And so the flesh was a type also of the, uh, it correlates to the veil. So if you know anything about this, hopefully many of you do, I'm sure you do. Um, when Jesus died on the cross and they pierced his side, they tore his flesh, right? It says that, it says that um, the veil in the temple was torn. The veil is what separated people from the presence of God, right? So when his flesh tore, the veil tore. We gained access into the presence and power of God. So I want you to catch that. So what happened, this is what's interesting, is what happened when Jesus died on the cross, his flesh was torn, the veil was torn. What was released from the Holy of Holies, which was inside the veil, when the veil was torn, there was so much power released There was so much power released that it says that the dead people got up out of their graves and started walking around the city. Many people don't know that verse. People skip over that verse because it's kind of weird. It's like, what? Jesus died. And then when the veil in the temple tore, there was so much resurrection power released unto you and I, unto mankind, that it literally caused people that were in their graves to get up out of their graves and start walking around the city. And people saw it. So when you take communion, when you enter in this new way, this new way through his flesh, through the tearing of his flesh. So in the tearing of his flesh was the release of resurrection power to you and I, so much so that it's able to even cause the dead to be raised up out of their graves. That's a lot of power. So if you're listening to this, you're obviously not all the way dead. So there's enough power in what I'm talking about to heal you from whatever it is that you're dealing with. That's right. That's powerful. So that obviously correlates to to the bread. And really, this is the way, the way through his flesh, the way through his veil. This is the way of escape for whatever it is that you are dealing with. And I want to encourage you as I can, I'm going to continue on the next podcast just because I don't, I don't want these to get too long. And I have much to say about the communion that's going to, it's going to help your life. So I encourage you to stay tuned, share this with a friend, because I'm telling you, when you begin to understand the power of the communion and you begin to take this as God's prescription, I'm telling you that you are going to experience your healing, your breakthrough, your deliverance, your freedom from whatever has been plaguing you, right? Because it's your understanding that's going to unlock the power of this in your life. And so I encourage you, go out and buy your crackers, buy your grape juice, and get ready to take God's prescription, morning, noon, and night if necessary, but at least every day, to take God's prescription for your life and see the power of God made manifest in your life like never before, in Jesus' mighty name.
this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.